Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and check, click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps, and for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 138 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on July 27th over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look at the abilities of Osiris. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those on the show for tonight. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. We also have with us the man who has been said has the voice of a flower, an individual who goes by many names, some not necessarily true, Justin Sane 0516. What guys do you have on for us tonight, Justin? Uh, you can call me Billy Ray Osiris. Just don't Just- tell my heart. My achy, breaky heart. Oh, my. I just don't think he'd understand. <laughs> and if you break my heart, my achy, breaky heart? No. You just stop, might mess around no, it. No. Kill stop, this man. Stop. Stop. <laughs> no. <laughs> Next up, wow. we, have our, <laughs> we have our own master of social media, the one and only Green Eye music lover. Uh, Green, I hope you're doing well. How's the week treated you so far? It's. I'm glad it's Friday. It's Friday. It's been a good week. We've had some big announcements as far as like Bungie goes this week, which mm-hmm. is always fun and welcome. And I ordered my book 30 seconds after I saw that tweet. <laughs> I think everyone yeah. had a mad dash for it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But well, yeah, it's been good. I'm excited for things. Nice. And rounding out the usual team, we have the grizzly bearded cultivator of Spinfoil himself, someone who has been lovingly been known as the Tigger of the Destiny lore community, the one and only Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing tonight? One, get a different nickname for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on two, it. I'm working on it. I'm still broken at the fact that uh, Green has no idea what Studio Ghibli is. Uh, three. Is brands like transmuted from one <laughs> podcast episode to the next at this point. Well, I mean, well, it, look, it, that's it, just it is, what we're making a, it easy for just, just, just to go from like one episode to the next. No, you know? what's just, bad is they're coming out that. in reverse because this episode comes out oh. first before the top three. So they have no idea what's going on. Well, look, no, that's perfect. You know why? <laughs> we're talking about Osiris tonight. So you know what? You can deal with the next time. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like Beard's. Yeah, it's like Beard's Vex Notes. They start two pages after they start. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't show you that one to actually confirm that, uh, but (laughs) it's there if you want confirmation. (laughs) 
Side note, if you didn't know, in my in my journal that I have, uh, volume one, I if you're familiar with the story of the Vex, this will mean absolute significance to you. Uh, but my notes for the uh, the uh, Vex started on page 229. The problem is, is that I went back through my journal and I found out that, oh, I had two pages that were stuck together. <gasps> so my technicalities, they would have actually started on page 227 of oh. the book. Which is significant so, because... Did you go back and renumber the whole thing? I did not. I was tempted to, but I did not. Uh, why why is that significant, I... Green? Tell us. Go ahead, Green. Because of... I was uh, giving you the... <sighs> oh, well, the it's honor. significant because of uh, <laughs> the of, of uh, the original story with the Vex that we see with, like, Maya Sundaresh and everything. Uh, 227 copies of each of the uh, members on that team were created. So per that point, it would have been highly ironic had it actually started on page 227. Yes. I think you need to write the whole thing over so that it lands on 227. <laughs> I am not rewriting any of those how, books. I love how it's green. That's just like, uh. <laughs> I know how, like, I, yeah. I've been starting to journal my stuff now. Do you know how many hand cramps I would go through if I have to go ahead and rewrite (laughs) that? Like, I'm just going to tell you that now. It's rough. Will the actions you take avert the futures you see or cause them? (laughs) Hmm? Hmm? Well, you know, it could just be moments in time. (laughs) Uh, Such as the curse of foresight. And we move on. Mm, <laughs> so speaking of that, last week we asked the community if they thought Osiris was a Sun Singer, a Dawnblade, or both. And Green has been busy trying to keep up with all the responses, but I think she has arrived on a final verdict. So what was the I consensus mean, of the community on this week's question? Ah, consensus, Osiris, I guess. Uh, it. Uh, right, uh, right. Uh, uh, oh, that was an unintended pun. Good God. command of the subject. Adam. Was it? <laughs> Did you actually plan that one? Yes, I did. Oh. Well. He never blinked. Golf clap for you. Nicely done, Justin. Nice. It was really funny because I thought there would be more of a consensus than there actually was. It kind of depends on which people were around for D1 lore versus which people were around for just D2 lore. Because we actually had a lot of people who were just like, oh, no, he is just a Dawnblade. And then people who are pulling out some of the grimoire that we're going to talk about later saying, well, he had instances where he did have um, Sunsinger because of the, yeah, the Thanatonauts, essentially. That's just, I know it's not confirmed as far as. No, 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 no. I just, I, I, no, okay. Well, I'll actually, I'll talk about it later. Yeah, I know this is going to be part of the topic, but that was one of the things brought up. Um, a more refined version of Sunsinger. There's just, there was not really a, they were all like, okay, yes, he's a Dawnblade now, but they don't know if he was actually a Sunsinger for sure. It was just assumed he was because that was the subclass that was around at that point. Which is a fair point. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of, 
I, of course, I get my obligatory. Um, he was, it doesn't matter because he's not Shaq's <laughs> answer from Lady Shaq's <laughs> because all things Shaq's. Isn't, I was about to say, isn't that the answer every week? Yeah, pretty much. I, I either get one from her that's saying it doesn't matter because it's not Shaq's or the answer is Shaq's or from Bibble, he's my dad. <laughs> so, all right, guys. You well, guys are honoring. And and additionally, just to kind of throw more fuel on the fire here, we had a a new lore tab that had actually come out or is coming out, I should say. So if you don't want a little spoiler on the uh, the rekindled and the other mm, gear mm-hmm. coming up, uh, the the solstice armor is actually giving us some hints that our uh, our powers that we receive in Destiny 2 within the first few missions mm-hmm. uh, are in no way uh, like old, uh, like they're probably older, etc., but they're in no way unique just to us. Right. Uh, the Sentinel known as Theus 7 uh, was captured by a cabal, uh, was captured by a cabal skirmish group and so on. Uh, and he was able to actually, or at least so it says in the, the entry, uh, he was a sentinel. And this would mean that he was able to call in the shield. Uh, so per that point, just to stress it, the sentinels were still something that were available uh, outside of just the defenders. Uh, it seems like there are two different means behind it. So Zavala may just be a straight defender, and others may be able to utilize those capabilities all the same. Uh, but long story short, I, I I honestly think that at least with just that entry, that puts to rest that our abilities are not something that are just like one of those things. And even then, with the newer abilities that we're starting to see that are that are cropping up with the way that we're going to be using them in Forsaken, change the ritual, change the outcome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So, just wanted to throw that out there. So he no, it's, well could it's have good been stuff. Both, for all we know. Right, and and yeah, uh, like I said, I might yeah, have, I don't, you'll it. get there, Blue. I, I, I might have notes on this topic. Yeah. So as always, we love hearing everyone's feedback on the weekly questions. Uh, this week's questions to the community is actually going to be, I'm going to defer completely and 100% to green. Uh, do we have a question for this week? Okay, so because he's deferring, because it's on Warframe next week, because we're going to be talking about Warframe. With oh, we hopefully, are. Yes, oh, we are. <laughs> hopefully with, um, my name is Vice. Oh my. Oh my. And I I am terrified to come up with a question of the week knowing that Bife is going to be on. So I'm really trying to do my research and get a good question put together, mm. but I can tell you it's going to be on the Tenu, uh specifically about their background. Mm. But I haven't formulated how I'm going to do mm. that. So uh, if you know that part of the story in Warframe with the Tenno's background and the ship and everything with the what made the Tenno's the Tenno's, mm-hmm. you that expect a question around that kind of theme. I haven't figured out how to word it yet, but that's going to be the generalized theme because I want to make sure it's good enough for Bife because it's Bife. Anyway. Yeah, I had one. Yeah. What's a Warframe? Uh... I'm sure Bite will call you a numpty and then 
proceed to explain exactly what a Warframe is. Oh, it's just another vehicle for hurtful remarks aimed at me. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> but, yeah. Sorry, Warframe people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say there's going to be Sorry, Warframe people. Uh, All hate mail can be directed at Justin Sane 05. Oh, yeah, are you saying that my my attendance on enough. this on this cast is ten uas at best? Are we have okay, so with that guys, one, guys? I know everyone here is looking forward to diving into the discussion. So <laughs> let's run through our standard intro notes and get right in. Probably it. best. That was really good. You got it. In our last episode of Focus Fire Chat, we discussed the Bray family. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate and, if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbean, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful as they not only let us know what we can do better, but help us stay on the charts, which helps others find our amazing community. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at about 10pm Central, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the previous week's chat for those who were unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found in our show notes on our website. If you are a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content covering a number of different titles and mediums. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the extra lore topic of July, Warframe. However, as always, please be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know which topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. With all this being said, here's Green with a high-level summary of tonight's topic. Hey guys, I will have to admit that writing an introduction or summary on the topic of Osiris' abilities proved to be a bit more of a challenge than my usual topics. This is not for lack of information, but rather due to the precarious nature of discussing one's abilities. What I mean by this is that a person constantly evolves and adapts to survive in their environment. Abilities, therefore, while similar over time, inevitably reflect the challenges overcome. In other words, while the basic ability might be similar, Every individual will have nuanced differences in their own manifestation of any given ability. The question at hand for Osiris is, are his abilities directly tied to his involvement with the Vex, or is he merely more advanced in his warlock ways than ourselves? Discussion on this subclass will also prove to be an interesting topic due to the evolution of our own understanding and perspective throughout this franchise. Osiris is one of the many reminders that the characters that we theorized about throughout D1 are being revealed to us in layers, and that our diligence and willingness to constantly learn will help prevent the enemy in whatever form they inhabit from achieving their goal. Ignorance 
is the enemy of mankind. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about the abilities of Osiris, however, let's have a quick chat about this week's Lost Lore. Are we doing OG prophecies for Lost Lore? Uh, I was actually going to talk about the definition of prophecies. Uh, and kind of... Okay. So here's, here's the thing is really interesting about this whole thing. Um, <clears throat> there are... Let me pull up my notes real quick. There are um, three main things with regards to Osiris within Destiny, predominantly Destiny 1, uh, but Destiny 2 as well. And those are the prophecies, the lost prophecies, um, a, a group of writings called the Fractal Scrolls, and then another group of writings called the Parables of the Allspring. Now, <clears throat> the thing that you have to remember with those last two items are these are predominantly gathered through the exposure to the disciples of Osiris. So it's very difficult to say with any certainty right now that they were actually written by Osiris. Um, now, they are credited to Osiris. But again, given what we've learned about the disciples in Destiny 2, that kind of puts some some questions in place as to far as far as the validity of those claims. However, if you just go on the surface with what we know now, these are supposedly the teachings of Osiris. Um, and the the reason why I bring up the the tena- or the tenuous connection there is that one of the big things about prophecies, and I'm I'm going to get into this a little bit more, but really quick, one of the reasons is prophecies are often challenged as a pseudoscience and and there's a reason for that but one of the big reasons is a a kind of a high what's called a hindsight bias that happens quite a bit with prophecies and it's called post diction um and what this is is this is when a prophecy which was genuinely written or spoken before an event or events uh they get reinterpreted after the event then that in a way that fits the facts of what happened um side note if mm-hmm. I may, mm-hmm. that's happening right now with me with the uh, as I've kind of talked with you guys about the new parables that we kind of have that were written on the, the web. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was I was like actually going to, going to, to totally that. bring okay. that up. Yeah, because <laughs> because of our conversation. Right. Because yeah. here's the thing is hindsight. You know, we always get that, that there's everyone always says it kind of passing. And I don't know if people think about it a lot, but hindsight's 2020. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because we. The, the challenge of a prophecy. So, okay, hang on. Let me let me let me back up, and then I'm I'm actually going to come back to that beard. Um, so, I want to I want to run through a couple really quick definitions and kind of a little bit of history behind three key terms with those those pieces of lore. Uh, the first one is obviously prophecy. So, what is a prophecy? It's it's something that all known ancient cultures in real in our in our world, all ancient cultures had prophets uh, who delivered in some form or fashion prophecies. They delivered these. Um, so a prophecy is simply a prediction. However, such messages also were typically included or involved inspiration, interpretation, or revelation of a divine will 
concerning, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, concerning the prophet's social world and events to come. So keep actually keep that definition in mind while we go through the other ones, because note here that a prophecy is always when we when we use the term a prophecy is always linked to a divine will. There's always a cosmic divine entity linked to the co- the the prophecy. The next one that I wanted to talk about real quick was fractal. Uh, we actually see this a couple times in the lore. Uh, there's one reference in the legends that deals with the Deepstone Crypt, uh, but they're talking about the actual design of a shadow. This one is is the fractal scrolls, and so a fractal uh, is a curve or geometric figure, each part of which has the same statistical character as the whole. Uh, the reason why this is interesting is that fractals are useful in modeling structures in which similar patterns reoccur at progressively smaller scales and in describing partly random or chaotic phenomena such as crystal growth, fluid turbulence, and galaxy formation. Uh, an example of a fractal would be the seashell or a fern or even uh, the peacock feathers uh, of a male peacock that's actually a f- considered a fractal. It's basically a never-ending pattern. Uh, and these are infinite, infinitely complex patterns that are self-similar across different scales. They are created by repeating a simple process over and over again in an ongoing feedback loop. The golden ratio, for example, is a fractal. However, the Fibonacci sequence is not. While the Fibonacci sequence can create visuals such as the golden spiral, which is considered mostly a fractal, the sequence of numbers within the Fibonacci sequence is actually not a fractal. Uh, so to put that into game terms, the fractal scrolls, therefore, are a simile or a uh, a repeated pattern in which the scrolls are capturing. So they're basically it's basically a teaching tool. Here is what ultimately is being being stated about them. Um, <clears throat> the next, the last one, actually, is parable, uh, and most people will recognize parables here. But um, this is going off the parables of the Allspring. Now, note Allspring. It, there, there's no definition for Allspring. Allspring is kind of a, a creation of Bungie and the lore writers within Bungie for this purpose. Uh, the best I could tell you is it's an Allspring. It's an eternal spring, so, uh, you, whether that is of life, of knowledge, of light, whatever you whatever you want on that one. But the parable, a parable is a simple story that is used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. Uh, you also see them called allegories or moral stories or tales. And the reason why parables are really important is because there's in, well, let me continue real quick. Sorry, I kind of get ahead of myself on that one. Um, So a parable is a brief, succinct story in prose or verse that illustrates a moral or religious lesson. It differs from a fable in that fables use animals, plants, inanimate objects, and even forces of nature as characters, while parables generally feature just human characters. Parables are a type of analogy, and the importance here for a parable is that allegorical interpretation, when you're reading for um, context, is very important. And this kind of goes back to a uh, a concept of how to read religious texts, in in which the argument is that there's actually four different manners: there's a literal, an allegorical, an anagogical, and a moral. Um, and two really quick, real just kind of go through those literal is, you know, you, I mean, it's literal. It's you read the words that are being said, you know, uh, the, the quick example that comes to mind is Genesis, you know, God created the world in seven days. Okay. If you read that literally, it would mean seven days. Now, then you run into an allegorical, which is stories with hidden or deeper meanings. 
Um, and this is where you get the kind of the parables. Um, you have, uh, again, from, from the old, Te- or not the old Testament, the new Testament, you have the pair, the parable of the prodigal son. Um, anagogical is the destiny and where we are going. So this is how does it actually kind of project us into the future. And then moral is usually the way an authentic follower lives or follows the, the teachings of the, of that particular text. So really quick, the, the reason why I'm kind of, I kind of brought all this stuff up is that we ascribe these prophecies to Osiris. Um, Osiris has his own connotation in the, in his, in his naming convention. Uh, and there, there was a lot of conversation that we've already had about that. So I'm not really going to harp on that particular thing. Um, though the interesting thing for me on that, I will kind of expand on is the idea that a prophecy always comes from a divine will. Well, a divine will is a god. Osiris is a god in Egyptian mythology. So you can argue here that the prophecies are being handed down from Osiris directly. Um, and, and that's a potential kind of reading into the naming semantics of that or the etymology of that. Uh, and and real and another kind of thing here on prophecy is that there are different types of prophecy. And this is going to kind of tie into where I'm going to let beer kind of talk about a little bit of the post-diction concept. Um, there's a, there's, there's ascribed 12 modes of prophecy. And this is actually from a, a philosopher from Judaism in the 12th century. He wrote this, it's called the guide for the perplexed. It's, which is a very aptly <laughs> apt named text. Uh, he wrote this in 1190 and it was translated actually in 1204 into, uh, into common, common language for that time. And his name is Maimonides, which is not an easy one for me to say. And his 12 modes of prophecy range from what's called inspired actions, which would in his, in his text, the example he gives is um, like Noah, Noah and the flood. Noah was inspired to perform actions, but he never actually said any prophecies. He never, he never spoke you know, divine word. He just did. He built the boat and, you know, there you go. Uh, the next level is inspired words. Then you have allegorical dream revelations, which is basically a dream, uh, dream with signs, auditory dream revelations, which is when you have like a vision within your dream that there isn't signs. It's basically a message, uh, audio visual dream revelations from a human speaker, uh, audio visual dream revelations from an angelic speaker, and then audiovisual dream revelations from a divine speaker or basically God at that point. And then next level after that is allegorical waking visions, auditory waking revelations, and then again back into the audiovisual, but this time it's with waking revelations and that runs the gamut of human, angelic, and divine. So those are those are for him when he did a and basically what he did was in this in this mode here, these 12 modes, is his way of explaining the different forms of prophecy that occurred within the Old Testament uh, for his faith. And so a lot of times, and, and this really kind of was, and the reason I bring this up is because this is a very instrumental concept to the idea of prophecy. Uh, pretty much every single intellectual writer after this period or after him, uh, his work was published in the 1200s, uh, they, they referenced his, his modes, regardless of, um, 
what faith they came from. Uh, in a small trivia fact, actually, The Guide for the Perplexed is one of the most sought-after books out, uh, from Judaism that for even non-Judaic people uh, because he approached it from... It's, it's kind of the equivalent of like an Aquinas. Um, it was an Aquinas, but it, that, that type of book. It was a very accessible book to anybody of any faith. Um, <clears throat> that being said... I want to go back to something within Destiny. Uh, so, Beard, I know this is, like I said, this is a conversation we've had uh, quite recently, actually, um, mm-hmm. about the parables. And so the parables are, for, for those who might not be uh, uh, super familiar with it, uh, parables are the, there are a, well, it's basically the flavor text, right? It's the flavor text of yep. the weapons that we got given to us in Curse of Osiris. So the, those weapons that match up the wall, the, the weapons of challenge, I guess you would call them, um, yeah. they all came with flavor text that was basically two lines. And yep. when you put them all together, they kind of introduced a very interesting prophecy, um, which... You know, you can ascribe to one of Osiris's visions or his lost prophecies. But Beard, I know you—you you probably are better to speak about the post-diction piece of it. I'm going to say the the way that these read, and they kind of gave us a little bit of a in. in uh, I cannot remember now which gun it was, but one of the guns, uh, the lore entry itself, gives us like ideas of like what is being talked about within the, uh, these parables to say like. Well, oh, one yeah, the, through the seven yeah. seems like, yeah, one through seven, I think it was, seems like it lines up uh, during the events of the, the Red War and uh, don't seem to have any other interpretation to no knowledge. And I started to, to think about it a little bit further with like newer stuff that we started to have. Uh, and I'll, I'll read a couple of them at least to kind of give you an, an example of what I mean. Uh the the first one, honestly, with like the Garden Progeny one, uh, says two siblings cleaved by time and space, reflections never found alone, the endings of the Eldritch race, a path long seen but never known. Now, part of this falls back to a theory that, of course, Blue and I have been talking about for a good while now between like uh, Anna and now, as we know, Elsie being uh, the uh, stranger and whatnot where she was cleaved by time and by space, uh, and then also uh, seemingly going up against either the, the Vex or the Hive and so on, and like how if the, all of this would fall into place. Now, reading it from this example and what we know of in Warmind, that almost seems like they're the starting point for a good majority of this. So as you take these parables and start to read through them, which I'm going to spare us just because I know time is going to be a factor here with this just being lost lore, uh, you, you actually start to find more pieces of this puzzle that say that these parables are actually quoting things that happened even before Destiny 2 uh, started to become highly relevant. Uh, and that is something to kind of keep in mind. Like, all of this is going over... Uh, or, or a good majority of these are actually talking about instances that could have happened actually before uh, Destiny 2 even became very or, or highly relevant with its story, its history, and so on. Uh, and even predating uh, some of the events that would have happened in Destiny 1. Uh, so Osiris is kind of akin in a, and, and 
more up on these uh, pieces a little bit, it seems, or had had visions about how they could have all been placed together. Uh, and for me, that's just a very important thing to kind of think about is he's he's talking about these things, but also mentions in another one of the weapons uh, as a as a writer of parables or a writer of prophecy, how much is it that I that I give to the reader without either giving too much away and then altering the way that they handle themselves or prepare themselves or so on uh, versus, of course, having uh too little information that they can uh, then not act on it or even see that uh, what I was talking about was even ever relevant at that point. Uh, so those are the balance points that Osiris has to try to fall into. And I, I find it nice that Bungie's kind of putting it this way because going back and reading them again, yeah, you, you start to uh, you start to read a little further into these and, and figure out, as, as Black Flag just said, you, you start to figure out what this curse of Osiris truly is, this curse of foresight, this this ability for him to see what it is that's actually coming down the line or what it was that had happened previously and the way that these prophecies and parables are written. Uh, he has to figure out a, a line, this thin line in between to give us just enough information. And for some people, that just enough information may never even come to light. At that point, for us, we're one of the only ones that I know of within the Destiny universe now that understand that the Exo Stranger is Elsie Bray because we're one of the only ones that really came into contact with her to a point where we could actually talk with her. And she means a little bit more to our Guardian in particular. So these writings actually hold great significance for us. And it's funny enough in that realm because of the fact that Osiris actually points to us as being such an important key within the uh, history and what is being written. Because without us, within the Infinite Forest and so on, we wouldn't be able to uh, perform the events that we do because of the way that uh, that, that we then influence uh, time and so on with the Vex. We're that element that doesn't necessarily line up with most of it. and We're still trying to figure out the question of well, why is that uh and these parables i think still speak to to a piece of that as we go along now funny enough of course the uh the endings of them like eight through ten i believe still bring up this question then of how far out or how much more is it that we've seen some uh some different notions of like what's going to happen with the story as a whole uh how far is it into destiny 3 that some of this could go uh how far into it with forsaken is some of this going to go uh and these are are questions that are left unanswered of course but the more you sit and think about the parables and and again the prophecies with what the information is that we have now with destiny 2 and its expansions at all is very it it paints this different picture from what we were explained right when they had come out in December. Uh, and, it, and it definitely, again, is this mystery that opens up to just totally different rights. Awesome. So, yes, the curse of, the curse of prophecy is knowing when to talk and when to shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that was pretty much lost lore for me was, I think, you know, I, I just, one of the things that when we talk about Osiris and, you know, what he, what he has to say to people, given, given his abilities, 
um, well, or given the knowledge that he has has gained from the Infinite Forest and maybe other sources. Uh, real quick, it was Traveler's Judgment Five uh, was the one that that's the card that kind of speaks to uh, his his being on that knife's edge as far as what he what he can and can't say, or uh, sorry, of what um, where where it comes from. But so. All right, let's. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna kind of just jump into this real quick. Uh, so Osiris, for those who are you know have been under a rock, Osiris is the former Vanguard commander and warlock mentor. Which yes, those are two separate titles. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, who was exiled due to div- divisive beliefs and a refusal basically to fall in line with the speaker speaker's wishes. Uh, he is currently located within somewhere within the Infinite Forest, which is located within Mercury. Um, some when? Some when, yeah. <laughs> no, somewhere. And I'm going to... I'll explain this in just a second when I get to that. Because the Infinite Forest is a lot of things. It is not a time-traveling machine. It is a predictive engine, a mathematically predictive engine. It does not actually time-travel. You manipulate the equations to see predict predictive tech or predictive facts of where things are going to be based off certain equations and certain variables, but it actually does not extend into a temporal space. Um, which again, I'm I'm going to get to because that's that's one of the things that I really am actually curious on a couple a couple of your guys' thoughts on some of those. But the really big debate that I think everyone still has about Osiris is the whole subclass. Is he a Dawnblade or is he a Sunsinger? Um, and before I get into this, Green kind of made a comment about this in the uh, the intro that she did. <clears throat> There's a quote. It's actually now one of my favorite quotes from Destiny, uh, from our good friend Tyra. And it's from the records that we got released before... Uh, wait, well, man, it feels like a long time ago, but it's it's still one of the best quotes And she says, this is why guardians look for fragments of the golden age. We are the descendants of a lost civilization. Only by understanding what was, can we understand what we are now, how the world we know came to be. And each artifact we, we find helps us interpret what we already know, adds layers, new identities. We are experimenting in the laboratory of time, testing each observation through a crucible of evidence. Sometimes our conclusions change, and with each shift, we learn more of where we come from. The next shift in our perception, our perceptions, it may be on Mars. And this is in regards to her realizing after a decade of assuming that Charlemagne was in fact a war mind, that Charlemagne was not a war mind. Char- Charlemagne was actually a sub mind of the war mind, Rasputin. Uh, and so, yes, I'm going to double down on the fact that there is only one war mind, um, other than the fact that Bungie has explicitly stated that it's Tyra is now in game explaining <laughs> why that is because everyone assumed it. But when we got new information, it became clear. Um, I'm going to so, say not that that one ghost shell was enough for it just to make fun of us. That oh, yeah. Drop oh, yeah. that little oh, piece yeah. in there, too. Um, or... <laughs> Well, talking minor little spoilers, Cade 6, not Cade 7, Cade 6. But what's going on at you? Oh, God. 
chat. Um, so really quick, <clears throat> it's often been assumed that Osiris has been a Sunsinger. Uh, the Warlock is shown in the introductory video of A Curse of Osiris DLC for Destiny 2 to wield the abilities of the Dawnblade. However, is this, an, is this necessarily a contradiction in the lore versus the presentation uh, due to Destiny 2 from the meta, quote-unquote, point of view, introducing a new subclass? It should be noted here that nowhere in the Grimoire was it ever stated that Osiris was a Sunsinger. Nowhere. It was reasonably assumed that he was, given the information that was present at the time. And, I, you know, Green kind of touched on this a little bit with the question of the week. So let's kind of look at the evidence. You know, we, so let's say Osiris as a Sunsinger. In the Osiris card, we see a mention of Lord Shax meeting with fire teams of warlocks who have no shadow and never blink. A lot of different explanations here. Uh, one being, hey, he's got reflections that are full of light, full of solar light, and they don't really ever blink. Wait, 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 wait. So that whole that just repaints that whole scene. He's surrounded right. just by Osiris at that point. Not yeah. different warlocks, it just never, Osiris. It never says that it's different warlocks. It just says fire yeah. team of warlocks. It's just that just blew my mind because that's not something I've ever thought of as far right. as that right, scene, I mean, it's just kind of creepy. Oh well, yeah, yeah. But you know what's you know what the reason why is because one of the first times we meet a reflection of Osiris, there are more than one, and they're surrounding us, talking to us, and arguing uh, with Sagira. Talking to Sagira. Well, well, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Talking to we don't we don't talk. Well, um, she, yeah, talking with her, but um, yeah, just the. So that's one of the examples. The other one, very similar to that, is the mm-hmm. one that takes place in Taken King, or like right before Taken King, mm-hmm. with Eris, who we think is Osiris, with her and going to speak to with the queen. Eris is blinded by him, can't look at him. What card is that? Uh, Ghost Fragment, the Queen 2. Oh, you do. You do have that here. Good job, you. <laughs> so, and I, I make a note here. If, so there's a big if here. If we are to assume that Osiris is the unnamed individual in Ghost Fragment, the Queen 2, then Eris' is, physical inability could be explained by his being in radiance or his immense power in light. However, I, I also call out here that this assum- these assumptions, because that's actually two assumptions there, uh, require a number of theoretical conditions that haven't ever been proven. Um, we don't know if Osiris was the individual there. And we also don't know why Eris looked away. Can't like, look at him. Yeah. I mean, there's two kind of big ifs there. Well, Given especially the infor- when it seems like that the, the queen altar and so on can look at him. No problem. Right. They had no problem looking at him. Yeah. Which I mean, just to spout that difference at least. Well, and there's that. And like, you know, I, I still kind of have a a passing thought of like St. 14 was known for Mm -hmm. immense light. You know, we, we have guardians out there who are known for immense light. And so if that, if big, if, if her physical inability to look at that individual was due to the light then that does not necessarily isolate it to be just Osiris. Um, well, it's if it's the reflections, because the reflections give off light. 
Right. But again, going back to what Beard's saying, the queen and Aldrin had no problem looking at him. We don't Especially. have any problem looking at him. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, Very because it's dangerous. solar. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, say, and my point there is that there's just there there requires to be a lot of assumptions to point to that as evidence of Osiris as a sun singer. So right. what about Osiris and his dabbling in thanatal? I can't ever say the word. Thanatonautics. Thank you. Um, so here's the thing. Thanat- um, oh, man, where, where to begin on this rabbit hole? It, thanatonautics is simply the ability to study, emphasis here, to study the experience after a guardian's death. It is never stated that the visions that are seen after death are expressly only to thanatonautics or thanatonauts. Thanatonauts are just the ones that are obsessed with deciphering those visions. Correct. Because here's the first evidence that you have that it's not unique to thanatonauts. Ghost Fragment XO2. Yep. Just one of Justin's favorite cards. The one with the weird yeah the crypt- face laser yeah the banshee face laser card <laughs> even though it's not banshee, banshee it's not banshee but <laughs> it sounds like something banshee would do just just give me that much I will give you that much but it just it's not banshee but it's been called the banshee face laser card for as long as I can remember but yeah it it's basically an exo guardian who is doing exactly what a thanatonaut does but in the card. He specifically states in in a way that makes it clear that he is not a warlock or a thanatonaut. He mm-hmm. says, I'm doing right. I'm attempting to do what the thanatonauts do, and that is to study. So basically what they do is they do what Ikora was kind of getting in trouble for, repeatedly commit suicide. They jump off the shore. That's where the joke on the shores right. of time were from. Which is where the whole idea of Osiris being a th- that word <laughs> Osiris like that. Osiris dabbled in thanatonautics and we know that from the Osiris card right but we also know that he dabbled in pretty much everything, everything. that was warlock right. like he and, was and again, not just a simple he was a like, mentor so that makes oh, sense no 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 and well, I and, and here's the uh, thing is like I'm not I'm not arguing about what I'm arguing is the definition of a thanatonaut is not the unique ability to be a sun singer no no, you, you no, don't have to. You don't have to be a sun singer to be a thanatonaut. I mean, for creeps, for creeps' red. sake, we've got friggin' ghosts. They're going to be the thing that'll heal us. And well, and that's and, and that's again. That I point again. I point to the EXO ghost fragment card because that's exactly right. what he's doing. He's using yep. the ghosts to bring him back, but he, and he he still sees visions. Yep. Um. And so the, all so it does. Thanatonauts are just does. recording it and then obsessing over the details. All it does is really like proves the point of what Thanatonautics is all about. Right. Uh, that, that's Sliders. all that XO2 does. So, yep. Here's a question kind of mm-hmm. relating to that. Do we think his his prophecies come from that? So, and this is where I'm going to, oh man, I, I want, I want to use that as a segue into my t- conversation about infinite force, because it, that is actually along my lines of thought. Um, we but, can go back to it later. Okay. Yeah. I want to, so keep that in your mind, keep that in the back of your mind real quick, because I want to, I want to talk about the Dawnblade assumption. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, is that okay? Yeah, totally. Okay, perfect. Um, so real quick to wrap this little subclass conversation up, um, Osiris has a Dawnblade. Really simply, 
we have a literal video of Osiris portraying him using the super ability of the subclass, a Dawnblade. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is where it gets a little dicey because we don't know when that video happens. Right. Was that post Red War or was that prior to Red War? Because remember, there's or a where? really. No, well, it ha- well, it happens in the Infinite Forest. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not a win then. <laughs> well, but no, it is because every guardian got cut off from the light. And when we regained our light, everyone had access to the ununique. I mean, again, I emphasize back to what Beard was saying with the, the Sentinel card. You know, everyone had access to, quote unquote, these new subclasses or these changed subclasses. We don't know historically, currently, where these subclasses were discovered. If they are unique and new in the true sense of the word, or if they were pre, you know, like they're like the Stormcaller or the, uh, yeah, Stormcallers and Night Stalkers or primitive subclasses, which actually I, re- I would argue that they're more refined. So they're actually newer. But another, if. Oh, go for it. Go for it. Another really important piece to remember Osiris didn't have Sagira. He was pretty well out of light to begin with because we've seen with Tevis, you do lose your light after a while. Yeah. So per and, that point, it seemed well, like Sagira was underneath for how long in the sand. Right. He was oh, utilizing that's fair. different that's fair. powers yeah. in. Yeah, like we're we're not sure how far disconnected that was. Right. So there's a lot of time and when that still needs to be put in place, and how much of the infinite forest power. Osiris was actually tapping into to utilize himself versus having light because that's the largest thing that still has never been explained is if Osiris was affected by the traveler being cut off while he was in the infinite forest. Here's a black flag makes a good point as well. He says that it's, it likely takes place after the post-war when Sagara gets shot because the traveler awakening is what led to the possibility of the dark future. Or at least one mm. of the possibilities. The dark have... future no, seems like it was no. going to happen no matter what. The dark, but I, yeah. I, 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 it, I understand. The traveler what... awakening no. is what helps kick off Curse of Osiris. There's one voice line in one of the missions that talks about that. Yes, but in it's the, it's the catalyst. In... It's catalyst. But they were predicting the dark future because that's the convergence. That's the I'm, that's I'm the just... end. That's the end that they're all working towards. I'm just going to read off Future Safe, quite frankly, because Future Safe 10 tells us that it is only one path to the ending of it all. Oh, hang on. Hang on, Beard. What does the text say? <laughs> okay, let me, uh, let, me, let me get that, because, yeah, I think that, that kind of... I totally, I totally see what you're saying, but I, I kind of always interpreted yeah. it as the, the Traveler was the kickstart. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was totally the cause. But that doesn't mean that they weren't already building predictability. I mean, it's in a reality machine. They have. They were in the vault of glass again, but we don't know when, essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they could have also been well, in a reality well, wait, wait, hang machine. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, yes, hang the on. Vault of yeah. glass. Wait, wait, wait. Who, who, uh, okay, which, which conversation thread are we on right now? The Vault of Glass. The Vault of Glass the Vault was of the Glass. presentation. So the Vault of Glass was the presentation yeah. of Osiris as a Dawnblade. That's it. Right. There was no dark right. future in that Vault of Glass. No, but if Sagira is shot 
because at the same time, and that's what they're investigating at that point. Well, okay, so real Sagira quick. Sagira comes, she gets revived, and that's one of the first things she talks about is that is that the Traveler awakening, because she knows about that already. Well, she doesn't oh. necessarily know about it because Osiris doesn't tell her about it. She's just basically sent out from the forest, shot, and then she's like, Osiris is but, in big trouble. I don't know why, but Osiris is in big trouble. Yeah, I don't remember Segura making a comment about... Hang on, I'm going to have to... I don't remember that, that particular line, is yeah, all I'm we, saying. We didn't know until we were... Because uh, I just got done replaying all the missions because I was helping uh, somebody out. But we don't hear any notion of Segura knowing until we actually meet up with Osiris again. And then we start going down the path of trying to figure out Panoptes and, and so on. So for that angle, I would really say that, no, there's there's no relation to yeah, it. I'm curious. And Justin, I know that you want to say something. I do want to read Future Safe 10. <laughs> you go uh, right just ahead, to get buddy. that done on that angle. Um, but this says, a fragment from Osiris. Uh, first words cut off, but ought been easy to uh, gather this foresight. Prophecies are tricky things. They change the future, they foretell. When a seer shares uh, their knowledge of a coming event... Uh, oh no, this is actually the one I was thinking. It's uh, Sagira's shell, actually, I think is the the one that I'm that I'm thinking of. Isn't okay, this? while you while you look up real quick. Yeah. Um, that's that's exactly what it is. All right, go ahead. Um so real quick, what Black Flag and Green are saying, I completely see what you're saying. This yeah. is in the gateway. There is a there is a quote or a voiceover by Akora that says when the Red Legion attacked, it cost us almost everything, blah 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 blah, the awakening of it. And then it jumps to the infinite forest. My point is, I can totally see where, and I and I'm. This might be you guys might be correct. This might be a, a clear indication that this event that we are jumping into is happening after that. But my my point is, is there's nowhere in the the show right here, and I didn't even think about this. So you guys are, you know, actually seeing something different than I was seeing. I was seeing this as a flashback to Sagira and Osiris in, in the infinite forest. Right. But so you're saying you guys are seeing this as a progression of events linearly. Right. And okay. there's, I mean, okay. there's, I can there's see no, that. I can see that. Yeah, I can see it that. Can be pers- it can be viewed both ways easily because there's no indication one way or the other. And there's no right. And then, and then black flag actually anything. brings up the next point I was going to say is the real question is how long did it take the hidden to find Sagira's shell? Um, That's, Justin, Justin, real quick. Yeah. I know you have you've been holding your time. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're you're good. I actually had a question. Uh, so to to blues, I mean, I'm not blue. To Beard's comment about uh, Osiris still being able to use Dawn Blade after Sagiro is damaged, and and all that, and whether or not that ties into exactly when the when the Traveler's Light was blocked. Um, do you guys view Osiris's abilities inside the forest as being dependent of light? So, like his ability to clone himself, uh, I don't, I don't see that being a function of his light, but rather him just manipulating the simulation. He's, he's simulating it, that he has the light. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, that's I can, what I'm I saying. can totally, well, so, I can totally see that being the case. 
If and that would be that, super. That would, make, that would be that'd be super snarky. Like I, I would love all it. the different. Well, I just I kind of see him show. when he's in the forest as being kind of this like Neo Matrix mm-hmm, type character, mm-hmm. where he he's figured out the rules, and now he can you know he can bend them and he can break some if he wants. Well, uh, and that also to to that point too, he has the little vex vex ducks, the little cubes. Yeah, it's we, got don't the know, we don't know. We don't. We don't have the fidget cube. We don't know what those do. So That's to, his interface, right? But what <laughs> what what Justin is basically saying is he's hacking the he's hacking the forest. Yeah. So. Oh my God! Okay. Now I have a picture of Osiris on stilts yelling hacks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> God. Um, the other thing that would that would bring up though is that would mean if his um, reflections are just a yep. Ability yep. based in the infinite force. I don't think they're abilities. I don't think they're abilities of Osiris. I think they are manufacturers of the the system. Right. Mm. That means those cards talking about the shining, what we thought was a reflection with in front of the queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it queen two and the other one with what Osiris? You said, with uh, with a, well. But to, Shaxx? yeah, Shacks. Yeah. To be clear, though, it never specifies where Shacks is. Would Shax go into the infinite forest? Where would Shax not uh, go into? I mean, seriously, have you seen Shax? Yeah. Have you heard Shax yell at things? I mean, it's not like he would be scared. <laughs> Shax and the Red Jacks in the infinite forest. Oh Sounds my like god, a great time! Not in the forest, but he, he just does has to go, go into to the Mercury. Gate. Yeah, and he does go to Mercury. He has to go ahead and plan out crucible maps. So per that point, yeah, oh. he very well could. Now I want yeah. a cartoon about that. But we also, <laughs> also speaking speaking to that Queen Two card. I mean, I, I believe me, I understand what it is to get kind of nailed into an understanding of something. We don't have to be married to this understanding that that the the brightness that uh, that Eris shields her eyes from in the Queen Two card is is some sort of copy of Osiris giving oh, off the no. light that we see in the Panopti's well, here's, mission light. I'm just here's, well, here's the other thing. I guess what I'm trying to say is it could have as had. much to do with Eris as it as it has to do with Osiris. I mean, it could be uh you know, it could be very much something to do with her eyesight, her her way of seeing light and the world around her as it as it has to do with the way he physically appears. Well, here like I'll do devil seeing red and everything. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll do you one better though on that one. We, you know, <laughs> here's here's the problem with the infinite forest. We don't even know that Ghost Fragment Queen Two has actually happened. Yep. Okay. That, here's no. the big problem. Here's the big problem. Uh, here's the real big problem with the infinite forest blue. I'll, I'll do you one better. We're not real sure. We're not in it. I. Yep. Yep. Oh, we had a question. That was a question on the lore panel uh, that I wrote down. <laughs> and Beard and I need to sit down and have this conversation because that is actually a very good point that is brought up when we first it would meet, explain when we first, all the Vex gates. It would. It would. And the thing is, is like the other. Now, the 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 the, the argument for that is that the inability to simulate paracausal abilities. And the fact that the vet, well, actually, no. Anyways, the question was there, <laughs> that 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 like it, that branches See, into so many debates. But the question yes, was basically question after after uh, what what's the 
the IP names are really bad for me. Panoptes. Panoptes. Um, after Panoptes somehow manages to steal Sagira, which is never really explained either, mm-hmm. we just get booted out of the forest with no memory of how we got out. Right. Like, and we're fine. So the question in the for the lore panel was, how do we know that we're not actually from that point still in the forest? Because if you remember every strike, every mission, every time we go into the forest, we have to run in to the mission and then we have to run back out to a set mm-hmm. exit point. That one mission, we never run to a set exit point. We just pop back out of the forest. I'm going to so, say all of a sudden we find out that we're we're being finely tuned to a Vex mind that's going to suck out our light like yep. scene 14, you know. And and we all notice the little top on the table is just still spinning and hasn't fallen <laughs> over yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, so I'll correct myself for a third time. The card <laughs> that I was trying to reference actually is Null Calamity Nine, because this is the one in which we have Sagira and Osiris talk to each other about. Uh, Oh the yeah, he's meditating and and all of that. Yep, he he pops off on his own. Uh, in a couple, I'll just read like the last half here. Eyes closed, Osiris shook his head. Many equations lead to this answer. A sound like a drum beat, but with the uh, impact of an earthquake, shook the lighthouse. Sagira darted through the crumbling uh, chamber. What do we do? Another bone rattling drum beat kicks up clouds of dust. Osiris floated to his feet. We start over. Boom. Through the window, a shadow eclipsed the Vex, uh, eclipsed the Vex eyes. But first, he said, you'll have to res me again, old friend. And that so takes place is, after the campaign, right? That takes place afterward, like directly after, because uh, she says how she's misplaced Sagira again, uh, she, they talked about Panoptes, uh, becoming scrap metal. Uh, but yeah, this, this is entirely like directly afterward, at least to like how we're, how we're kind of noting, uh, noticing it all, or at least so we're led to believe. But that being said, like the, the, the course of events that is the dark future is something that needs to be averted by slight events. It is not something that, and as as Osiris says within the the Fall of Osiris comics, as much as we don't like to refer back to those, uh, <laughs> he does mention how the Vex are an enemy that we need to constantly fight against. Mm-hmm. They are not something that is simple to defeat. Not no. like the Hive where they tire, the Cabal where they run out of reinforcements, or the Fallen where they unfortunately will eventually run out of things to scavenge and keep themselves alive unless... They become the scorn. But those are the the largest thing that we need to at least look at when it comes to Osiris. Uh, he knows that this is the outcome that is eventually going to happen. Which is why he's so petrified of them. Absolutely. And that's why he dis- that's why he disagreed that the darkness or whatever the hive were the biggest problem. He he's <laughs> it makes me think of the, he- the, the old adage and I'll twist it a little bit to make it more appropriate for Destiny. How do you beat the Vex one bullet at a time? Uh-huh. I'm going to say it's like, uh, yeah, he, he mentions like, what what would I prefer, the darkness or the Vex? 
And he comes back with, I would prefer the darkness, because at least then I would have some semblance of, of partial free will and a chance. Where the Vex, I don't have a chance unless I know how to, how to stop what they're trying to put together. Because they are, they are not an end. They are convergence. Mm-hmm. And that is the important thing to take in as a very large distinction between them and why they are so much more sinister. Why, why dark that's so dark cl- uh, blocks out other darkness yeah. pretty well, as the stranger says. It, it hates. It hates other evil things. Yep. It's so evil. It's so evil. Do we need to go all Vision 47 on this? Oh, oh we very well could. We um, very well could. Then again, all the, both of those, I think I've talked about this on here before, Vision 47 and 81 have completely different meanings now. By the by. Yeah. Well, in talking about Visions, let's kind of jump into the Infinite Forest, right? Because I know that's kind of where we are kind of dancing around a little bit. Um, so this kind of goes back to the thing that I asked Green to remember because I knew I wouldn't remember. But um, did she? Did she step yeah. away? Oh, she stepped away. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I didn't realize that. Uh. Well, tell me what you wanted her to remember. I don't know. I don't remember it, Justin. Oh, it was. Uh. It was. It was something related to like Dawn Blade and whatnot with uh, uh the similar but here. Yeah, anyway anyways, let's just jump to Infinite Forest real quick. So sure. the question that's raised in Traveler Judgment Five is one that's I, I kinda think is worth a debate here. Because the logical disconnect of the ability of the Infinite Forest to predict light and Osiris's supposed prophecy about the Traveler reawakening. That's the biggest crux of ascribing all his prophecies to the Traveler. Which is pretty much right. what the entire Judgment Five is about. Is we can't say that his his prophecies are all coming from the tra- the Infinite Forest because he makes prophecies about things with light, and the Vex mm-hmm. are not able to to kind of it's 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 the introduction of free will into a closed you know a predetermined system. They're not able to handle it. Um. That being said, we do have a lot of descriptions about the forest. And the first one that I want to kind of comment on is description of the forest from the Gateway mission. And this is from Ikora. And she says, The Vex replaced the planet's core with their own machines. We call it the Infinite Forest. An ever-expanding labyrinth of realities. No two paths are ever the same. No one has ever escaped. It was Osiris's obsession. And then we have a description from one of the reflections of Osiris in the Beyond Infinity mission where he says, Behold, the Infinite Forest, a planet-sized prediction engine simulating trillions of realities in parallel, all geared towards a single Vex purpose. Tell me, Guardian, were you there when the Traveler woke? A living Traveler changes everything, for good and bad. Now many things have been set in motion. Osiris wrote the Lost Prophecies to warn the other Guardians, and they sent him away. But you cannot exile the future. The, and then Segura says in the Tree of Probabilities, the Infinite Forest is a doomsday machine. But when you see it like this, it's almost beautiful. Um, and so again, we're not traveling through time. We're traveling through simulated realities that are basically generated to allow the Vex to see different variables of what... Um, it it's basically in my mind it's like the batman 
if you've ever read a Batman novel, it's how they explain yeah. Batman's quote unquote ability. He just sees all the possibilities. It's not that he's like, he's not foretelling the future. He's just, pre- he's just very good at picking up on nuances and very good at predicting what people are going to do. Um, Except for the infinite forest is blind to one aspect. Right. Wait, right. Right. And and that's the kind of the, the, the problem that is raised within judgment five is because we know that, well, let me say this again, because we believe that the Vex are in a, unable to accommodate for the light. We cannot say that all of Osiris's prophecies are therefore derived from the infinite forest because Osiris has prophecies about the traveler, about, about guardians, about, you know, things about that nature, which the Vex supposedly don't have the ability to calculate for. Now, that being said, they do have Saint-14. So some of those assumptions might need to be a little bit recalibrated on that, on that note. I don't think they can simulate. They can't simulate light as a whole, but the concept of paracausality, I think they can... They have to, it's like chaos theory. You have to allow for it and it probably drives them up a wall as much as chaos theory drives anybody with OCD up a wall. Um, and, and Osiris actually could, comment. Oh, no, sorry. Go for it. Go for it. Could the infinite forest simulate orcs? It simulates taken, doesn't it? <sighs> Huh? Well, the, so here's I'm not and that's about and taken the, or the hive because those are very different than just well. And orcs. here's the, here's here's the other thing, and this is the debate about the vault of glass, right? Is it that they're able to simulate what they've seen them do, or is it because there's a difference, right? Their purpose of simulation is to predict, whereas the simulations that we see might just be copies of what they have seen, you know, happen in the field. I mean. Well, they, if, they do that when we go back to the past of them landing on Mercury. You see if, you, play. if you want to quote lore, the accurate ideas would end up being, no, they wouldn't be able to uh, simulate Oryx as a whole. Well, not wholly, and yeah. No, because I fall back on this within the Books of Sorrow, because mm-hmm. we see what Karaya Korra, is yeah. able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karaya is looking back on these things and uh, looking back on Oryx and the best that he can do, she can do, it can do uh, is create this bootstrap example and all of a sudden it's a rush. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not even Oryx at all. And of course that leads back to the theory that you know, Teox is talking about Arash to the Echamine and that's what the Vex are pulling from the computer on it, only because they have no idea like what they can even think to talk about or or contemplate the ideas of uh, Oryx as a whole because they just started to understand this idea of worship uh, right. and if memory serves that was like a hundred years that uh, both Oryx and uh, Korea have uh, actually ha- fought each other like it was a, a fair amount of time for the Vex to actually put together this uh, hypothesis and idea of what the paracausality of Oryx is all about and they still can't do it. So no, I would say to the whole end it isn't a possibility. But would you not think that the the forest would be a uh, step up in 
in terms of computing power as a platform when when First. compared to Coria. Um, and when. and anything for, to simulate anything, the more data, the better. So I just I think there might be a little more data at hand, and also I kind of see the forest as being a little bit more advanced. A uh, a well, the uh, forest also has the run. forest also has a world mind instead of just the. Though yeah. I do, though in hindsight, Coria did have all of the vex because remember that she positioned or it positioned itself at the gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I don't still, know that, that debate could be really. It's the paracausality that kind of throws a. Oh yeah, it throws a monkey wrench. wrench. Yeah, it does, and it's it's yeah. the well, the best way to explain that is in a predeterministic world, the person with free will ruins everything. Mm-hmm. Like right. that, you can't you can't you can't predict it because by definition but it's not defined. Did they not? I mean, they, they predict cabal headstrong cabal commanders, and but cabal aren't paracausal. Psionic uh, abilities. Psionic aren't para- they're not, they're not paracausal. Neither are the fallen realistically. Like most of are, the are the taken by definition, not paracausal. The taken art. Yeah, go for taken it. Taken are paracausal in how they form, mm-hmm. but they are not paracausal in how they act. Yeah. Because so, realistically, you can yeah. simulate the ideas of fire. I can yeah. I yeah. can spout fire from my mouth if I really want to. You know, it's, yeah. it's not going to be a fun idea, but I could do so. They're, they're not using any kind of paracausal powers whatsoever. They're taking but, from the examples of different paracausality that need to require them to be given them by Oryx and given them by the power of the worm, but there's something that is apparently easily either simulated or looked at. The ability to teleport back and forth is something that the Vex do all the time. That's easy for them to do with the Scions or otherwise. Mm-hmm. I I just don't see that their base potential and powers of the uh, Taken that we've seen that have been simulated are in any way necessarily like hard for them to, to look well into and again it's it's the same it's the same argument about what is the what are the tech ones doing with this taken are they creating yeah. are they creating the taken power or are they just harvesting it yeah i, I would argue that they're harvesting that's, it they're not mm-hmm. creating it and that's and that's a difference that's a difference it's they're holding a mirror up to the to the reality that I they just, exist in no, I mean, I and it's it's an we, excellent uh, question. It's it. I mean, I I totally yeah. see where you're coming from on that. I just kind of keep coming back to if whether we whether we believe that to bring it back to Osiris, whether we believe that he's actually able to manipulate the the code in the forest and copy himself, or whether we believe that these are simulations of himself that he's pulling on. From other I think there. I think there are simulations that, of himself that he's created that he's run. Yeah. Using using his little fidget cube, using using the, well, fidget using cube. the architecture that's that's present in the forest. Well, okay, but well, let's 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 you're, let's you're, look at this real quick. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's look at this real quick. A hacker can write a virus. <laughs> a hacker can write a virus using the parameters of a computer that would destroy mm-hmm. that computer. That doesn't. That I mean, that's that's not unheard of. So if mm-hmm. Osiris is actually hacking the infinite forest, right? All he's doing is using the parameters of the coding language of the Infinite Forest to create for himself a reality in which he has multiple versions. He's splintering himself. Yeah. Um, 
And and that's kind of the thing is like he it, it uh, it's almost hinted at that that's what he's doing with reflections, because that's what uh, Sagira kind of mentions. Sagira's ex- explanation of the reflections, and this is I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Green, I see that you're floating on the the limitations of the forest, <laughs> um, and that and I, I want to come back to that because it's a very good one. Um, but the ability to create reflections from according to Sagira is. She says, Osiris has adopted some of the technology of the forest to his own purposes. We are going to run into his reflections. They're copies of himself, made so he can explore multiple pathways at once. And yes, I'm aware that it makes Osiris seem like an egomaniac. But don't worry, he is. (laughs) And so that's that's what I'm saying, is like the reflections are literally, he has bootstrapped himself into the forest in such a manner that he is literally hacking the operating system. Which is why uh, what's his face always gets is so pissed at him because he's he is the virus inside the the computer, and what does any good antivirus do? It tries to eradicate the virus, so yep. that's what it's I doing. I found a good antivirus, but oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's, I don't that's because think you keep, that's because you keep downloading <laughs> voice modulators. But you know, listen, listen, pins is my good antivirus. That's a fair. That's a fair point, actually. Pins is a very good antivirus. Um, I don't. I don't think you'll appreciate good. that. But <laughs> I've been very careful. I don't. I, don't <laughs> I do not think that they're that they're ready and that they're that they're simulating guardians and and oryx. I don't. I, I just. Yeah. I do think that with enough with enough um, data present um, and and enough computing power. It it's I think it's an inevitability that oh, yeah. it can and well, will and, happen. And and totally, totally agree with you because that's exactly what happens with Saint Fourteen, right? Yeah. That that's exactly what happens. Now they could only do it for one guardian though. And to add to this point, simulating a power and simulating how it would um, right and right, right. what it does would be different from what the actual thing that happened would be. I could throw a Nova bomb. You wouldn't know how a Nova bomb works, but you could still take and and analyze that ability and know, oh, it's gonna cause this much destructive force on some kind of level. And that could mm. vary from from maybe guardian to guardian in that respect as well, but quite frankly you could still look at it from the ideas of I know the outcome of this even if I don't understand it. It's like understanding some basic math to at least say that two plus two is four, and you're given the ideas on those bases. Sure, I know what the outcome is behind it, but I don't necessarily know the quantifiable uh, ideas behind the number two. You know, there's still some differences that pan back into there with mathematics. That being said, we have seen Forrest rerun of a sim- not necessarily a simulation, but basically rerun what was inside the vault of glass with multiple guardians at the same right. time but yeah they but just we didn't shadows, see them use their just... abilities well no, we even did. yeah they, no, had, we they didn't we they saw didn't... the motions but we didn't see right. the abilities was, that's well, what i was gonna say is they were they just shadows it. yep well no well, well, no, no but they even didn't pause it there like there was even a motion where the where a, a warlock jumps in the air and is clearly do the doing bomb. the motion for nova bomb right. and there is no nova bomb but there is still the motion for it and there's yeah. still the, the completed motion for it, I should add. 
Uh, in addition, there's another one where a, a striker is running over and does like the ground pound, but we still no, don't see a, an instance of that actually taking effect. So they're 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 seeing how these motions happen, but they still don't compute the idea of oh, this is what's going on. Like that's that's, that's what the, I the see it as. Notion. I see it as they're doing a shadow play of the guardian's abilities. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's they're, again. They're they're miming yeah. us. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, they, they are. Again, they they're, are. They're figuring out the motions of the ritual. They're right. trying to figure it out. And they're they trying. Can't. Here's the thing. They're trying to figure out the geometry of this space. Right. Yeah. Now, that being said, can Osiris actually use the infinite force to prophesize things for the future then? Well, we talked about how he's using predict. it to... So here's the thing is, yes, he can, yes, he can make it. Inf- yeah. Justin has it. Yes. He he is predicting things because, and this is going back to the, the comment that you're hovering over on the Omega mission. He specifically says he predicted many things, but he never saw our guardian. And because of that, because of that unknown variable that throws all the predictions out because now there's a new variable. All the equations need to be reworked. Remember going back to Ikora, Ikora's reaction to the traveler being awoken all the all the calculations need to be rewritten about circles. You know, I kind of I made fun of that, but I mean that's the thing is when you're talking about quantum mechanics, when you're talking about string theory or, you know, chaos theory, what whatever, what have you, these very vast, you know, mathematical equations, you change the value of one variable, everything changes. Everything changes. And that's what that's the that's why Osiris hopes about our guardian. Because he did not, in all his exploration of the infinite forest, he never predicted our guardian. He never saw us coming. And when right. we did that, when we snapped, uh, God, the freaking Vex mind that I cannot remember. When we, Anoptes. when we, that Anoptes. one, when we shot him in the face and killed him in the, in the <laughs> infinite forest, at least one iteration of him, right? Which is basically the equivalent of us deleting his code. Um, when we did that, that was a variable that Osiris never predicted, that Panoptes never predicted. Because if Panoptes had predicted it, he wouldn't have let it happen. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, because of that upset that we created inside that this, this reality machine, it forces everything to be recalculated. It makes the future present again. There's not a dark future now. There's actually a a future filled with light or darkness, you know, but a future that's not convergence. That's where his hope is. It kind of seems to come from within that, that comment in the Omega mission is now we have a future. Now we have something that, you know, at least hopefully with the change in equations, we can, you know, work towards doing something. On black flag uh, brings up the, the point too, that you're, you were talking about with our well, guardian, it's, 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 uh, which is so weird. Why is our? Why are we so darn special? It's because here's the thing: is this is this is one of the so here I'm, I'm going to get on a little bit of a soapbox because this is one of the biggest problems I or not problems, but one of the biggest thoughts that I have is there's a number of different reasons why we could be special. Um, and I mean, I, I mean, could I've got I a could, very good reason I, why. Why? I'm right? I mean, like to. you. But the problem, again, is the model exists if you are in a predeterministic world, if you are in a world in which everything is predictable, and all you do is introduce one person or one thing 
with free will, one thing that is not slave to a predeterministic rich or route, it will completely screw up everything in that system because of the simple fact that you that that system is not able to contain or predict the individual entity. And that is what we're doing with the Vex. We are completely and utterly jacking with their their equations because for some reason, for some unexplainable reason, they can't predict us. And that's why Osiris sees our guardian as special. That's why, you know, Ikora even makes, I mean, all the Vanguard mentors make comments about the guardian. Uh, Saladin makes comments. I mean, all the, the power it's, figures in the Destiny universe are making these comments about this char- our character. Sorry, go for it, Green. I was just going to say, in particular with Osiris's predicament within the Infinite Forest, if you introduced any character into the Infinite Forest, it would have changed things dramatically. It could have been Cade going in there. That doesn't mean it would have turned out the same way. Like, Panoptes may not have been destroyed. But I would say any Guardian walking into the Infinite Forest, because Osiris has been in there basically by himself for years and years at this point, if anybody would have gone in there, it would have changed things. Maybe oh, not yeah, yeah, yeah. No, way. no, no. It would have it would have changed things. But I think the my sorry my my point is that Osiris's comment towards us was more about our. I think I took it as more of our defeat of Panoptes. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't just we didn't just go into the forest and muck things up. No, we went into the forest and deleted like the primary boot system. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, we completely basically forced that computer to have to re you know reinstall everything. So it's the same. To, it's the same thing as when we defeated Atheon, or Atheon, whichever one you want to say it. So it you know, that's still debatable. <laughs> the godless one. There's the one recording one. though. There's a. There's a. Yeah, that. There's a recording in D two, a scannable that announces. Yeah, it for you. I know. I I love that YouTube video. I love that YouTube video of it of the guy losing yeah. his mind because of it. Mm-hmm. It's finally, Look. finally settled. But with the. <laughs> prophecies mm-hmm. how does osiris get them now it goes back to your my thanatonautics question right earlier. that's what the that's what it was that's what it was um Sorry, i i, I think that's no 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 you know beard and i were both like we were all like uh we know we told her to remember something but none of us and can remember it away. and then she went away <laughs> um, this is why you're not allowed to leave ever uh, I have to go pee sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, that's why I think a lot of the prophecies are from Thanatonautic visions. Um, first off, because it would explain a bit of the jumbledness, um, which you'll note with most prophecies, that's a kind of a given is that they're always jumbled and vague, which, you know, again, Osiris makes that comment as well. Um, but I, I just, I really think, I mean, there could be some of his prophecies that he, you know, predicted inside of the reality machine that is the Vex network or the, the, uh, infinite forest. Sure. But the ones about the traveler and stuff like that, I, I really think those are kind of spurred from Thanatonautics. I could see that. Now to fall back on something that black flag was talking about though, too, which could Start to bring in a, a calm down, Marty McFly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he said, 
all of this just leads back to the we're a time traveler theory in my head. Uh, and then he goes on to say it's more the fact that he says, I never saw you, that makes me ask why. Uh, there was somebody else that had to ask the same exact question. Does anybody want to take a guess <laughs> at who that was? Beard's favorite the person ever. Stranger. <laughs> yeah, the Exo Stranger had to do the same exact thing because she was bouncing back and forth. Or Elsie was bouncing back and forth on these different world lines, apparently, to attempt to find the one that ended up well, getting back that, to the, and... the, the same spot or a spot that was a victory for her. Right. And so here's the other thing that kind of will throw everyone's little head for a loop, possibly, is this also paints the fact of the machine that, you know, everyone's so convinced Elsie's using to jump from time to time. Is that actually jumping from time to time or is it simply a viewing platform? Is she well, just, that, is it a portable infinite forest? Well, that falls back not from the infinite forest, but from the device of the or, of what the future war cult utilize. And even then, we have to go back and look at what Pradith was looking at, too, because his ghost mentions how he uh, ended up seeing somebody that was out that fit the Exo Stranger's position. So right. is it that and, she's able to do both? Because right, she and went then into also the his, ghost, his ghost was a future war cult ghost, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I'll ask you this. Instead of thinking of the strangers having a portable infinite forest, are we just in a bigger one? Or I mean, is this the Ishtar Collective and we see what the Vix are simulating through the computer? Yeah. I, I mean, you're you're talking about multiverse theory to a, to a T at that point, which that goes further than just, yeah. you know... Really? Well, I mean, I, it's I, just, really, I'm just trying to illustrate. I'm just trying to illustrate that there's there's multiple layers of the ways that you can look that the ways that you can ask these questions and look at these things. Well, yeah, and that that like I said, it all pans right back towards towards multiverse ideas. Yeah, uh, like, like uh, that's onion. well, yeah. I'm gonna say with the, <laughs> with the onion or otherwise, like Disney reference. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're like a cake. No, no, you're more like an onion. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> got layers. Yeah, that's that's just like multiverse per per a whole, though. Realistically, like so many different outcomes that could that could pop from from one outcome. Uh, you'd start talking butterfly effect at that point if you mm-hmm. really want to. But then how how one thing could change, but it doesn't affect the other, and then it splits off into something entirely different. It, it's it's multiverse, or it's multiple timeline, or it's this that the other thing, like. One way or another, we ascribe to to one measure in how something could handle or change, and there may be a a proper ending thesis or theory to it all, where one doesn't explain the other, but yet you look at it from another example, and suddenly it's not multiverse theory, and it is multiple timeline theory. It's <sighs> there 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 are obviously, like we said, too many layers to be considered on that one. Mm-hmm. Boy, I think we covered the gambit on uh, most of this, to be honest. I can't think of much else, that, unless, Blue, you got anything else to no, I mean that's. On, I, but I got a question for you guys. Okay. Which of Osiris' abilities would you want? I mean, I, from a content creator standpoint, being able to split myself up would be pretty freaking helpful. <laughs> He's in so many channels, Beard. Oh, oh 
God. I'm just glad, you know what? I'm just glad someone else is getting made fun of for having channels, (laughs) even though it's not the same channel, even though it's not the same type of channel. Oh my God. I get, I get made fun of. Hey, uh, the rooms. I might have already, I I might have already, I might have already made it. Don't tell, don't tell Green that. I don't know why I'm even on this podcast. So many people, (laughs) Jesus. He loves us. Don't (laughs) let him trick you. Yeah. Uh, Even though he pushed me out of a chair if I fell asleep, apparently. But, uh-huh. Justin, what power would you want from Osiris? Um, I, I would just... The power of foresight, I think, would keep me out of a lot of trouble. So I'm just going to go with that one. Waitress? Anyone? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's... Yep, yep. <laughs> or get I mean, into even more trouble. I mean, maybe uh, yeah. that could just come down to, like, situational awareness. Let's be honest here for a second. <laughs> Listen, there's a word for that. It's called wherewithal. <laughs> That's also a power. That is definitely also a power. It's also outside of my skill set. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lying isn't, though. <laughs> Blue, what about you? I, I kind of like the the idea of like the, the the absolute manipulation of light that we see with Osiris in in regards to like not just with we see within the curse of Osiris but also like if you if you read the Destiny One information like he seems to be almost I, I kind of jokingly when we first like were was in, were introduced to Osiris I kind of jokingly referred to him as like the Deadpool of the Destiny world. Because he, he, one of the introduction comments that we get in the Osiris card, which is, you know, honestly the first introduction that we had of Osiris, was how he was frustrated with all the stuff that every single player in the Destiny, you know, community at the time was getting fed up with. And it was just, it was hilarious because he was like, you know, running strikes all the time and I'm not getting any loot. The Cryptarch is always jipping me. And it's just, it was just really funny. And I just remember that as being like the big thing for me that I, I, I just remember that standing out. He kind of had this, this otherworldly awareness of the universe. And I really liked that about his character. And then you kind of see that with the curse of Osiris, uh, DLC in, in which he's, you know, he's, he's using the infinite forest against the people who created the infinite forest. I mean, but just think about that for a second. He's actually using he's the, it. Yeah. He's, he's using Vex technology against the Vex. Like, I mean, he, he's like, he's like the, the universe's greatest hacker almost. Um, which is, you know, in my mind, that's kind of a, a really interesting ability. Can I just say this this week um, had one of the meanest lore entries I think Bungie's ever had, which is a scan in the tower, in the hangar. <laughs> it says, these crates are completely full of Vanguard history books. They're over 30 just focused on Osiris. If that's not the biggest middle finger to, <laughs> to our community, to the, to the lore community, I don't know what it is. Basically, I mean, if they've seen Blue's mind map, dear what? God, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I could just Which, imagine Blue scanning that for the first time. I just kind of hear the hear the 
The inner funk. monologue. The I funk. just want to yeah. see him send that to one of the writers. Like after, like if we ever get a chance to talk to them again, yeah. have him just be like, here, "Oh, by the is, way, here." This is this is all the stuff up to the Taken King. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to update it after that because I broke I broke Mindmeister. It won't it won't load the mind map anymore. <laughs> it's it's not the tree of probabilities, Blue. God, Mindmeister. <laughs> so i just had to call that out i couldn't let that go no <laughs> that that's a good one i i compl- i actually honestly completely forgot about that scannable mm-hmm. but i i think that's i think that's about it other than i will say this if you haven't done this do it line up all the uh osiris weapons in order and read them all like one big passage just if the you, if you want me to i can do it right now yeah, yeah. What pretty, does the text good. say? Thank you, Bluebot. <clears throat> Keep in mind, every uh, second break that I have is going to be a new weapon. The only one that really doesn't fit into most of this mix is Perfect Paradox. Uh, and that is only because Perfect Paradox kind of talks about itself on a, di- on a different realm. So, yeah, and it's again, not numbered. It's it's really not, which which also helps. I'll still read it all the same because it's still freaking good, but uh, I'll do that after all said and done. So again, this starts with Garden Progeny 1. Go from 1 and then Conquer 2 and then Jack Keep Queen King 3. Uh, read them in that order if you are looking to follow along. Two siblings cleave by time and space, reflections never found alone. The endings of the Eldritch race, a path long seen, but never known. To tower comes a war in red, an orphan sounds the empire's call. Mortal angels mourn the dead, while lightless light wraps night in pall. An army meets and stands and falls, three nobles wage their hopeless war. In shifting madness, evil crawls, one stands above the battle's roar. A charnel but ill-flugent orb, a beacon in a loathsome dark, Fetid, fetid, corpses rise, a too-long-absent gibbous spark. A visitor ignites the sky, and in the truth of light of dreams, above the dead and yet to die, a legion's blade with fire screams. Amid the endless death one flew, unnatural all-consuming need, and in the space between the two, a cursed comprehension free. A spark of knowledge with each fall, the purpose of the endless youth. No longer shunned, Dark's nameless call now brings about Tenebra's truth. They sowed the first, now reap the last, forever narrows to a line, where light will fade into the past, when all's converted, nothing shines. A sacred eye that speaks and lies, upending future in its path, the way before us to the skies shall see itself in ancient wrath. See who's robed as if a god who stands with pride above the rest. Destroy this ancient, nameless fraud. Destroy the one whose death was blessed. And for the final one with perfect paradox, a tale that's different from the rest, the thread unfurls against the clocks. The one the speaker loved the best must have a perfect paradox. Ugh, so good. And I have 
every single one of those written out to actually start to mean something different for this point. Because none of them read the same from where they did before. Isn't that what's great about all this? Yes, it is. Because once again, it calls back to that same card I keep referencing over and over and over again that came out in Dark Below with Toland and how he was talking about the frickin' Hive Gods and we had no idea who they were. And now all of a sudden, out of Taken King and so on, we find out more and more information about that card. And we still find out more and more about that. And I'm still excited because we're going to hear more from Toland and Forsaken. Ah! Anyway, those are all of the prophecies of Osiris, which I think is a great place to stop on. Um, yep. At, like, it, let's stop. They, they let's are... let's end on the whispers of what's to come. <laughs> Whisper. So you guys got shout outs? Yes. Justin? Go ahead. Oh, you want to do them? <laughs> okay. It's um. like... Silent. I think I'd keep the pause in there. That was a good one. Um, so, do you have shoutouts? Yes. So, yeah, I've got I've got brilliant shoutouts for this week. Uh, I would just like to say this week, uh, check out tomorrow if uh, just keep an eye on my Twitter. I'm gonna be on Lit Lore tomorrow no, no. night nice. oh god with, with our good friend xanafan and uh i'm not i'm not too sh- too clear on the channel info right now if you're listening live just watch my twitter and i will tweet the details tomorrow but it should be good should be good about 9 30 central standard time um you'll get to hear all about the ahamkara Oh, oh no. Yes. Dragon theory. Yes. Dragon theory. Dragon yes. theory while <laughs> drunk. This is gonna be terrible. Well, honestly, be, honestly, that's kind of how theory. that's how it kind of got created. <laughs> yes. It's drunken theory. I have a brand new bottle of tequila. I'm gonna try to try not to swallow the worm god. But um... Oh god <laughs> freaking <how do> you <laughs> even... Um I would like to take this time. We didn't get to this in the actual in the actual uh, chat, but just uh, a great big shout out to one of my new favorite figures, Panoptes. Um, I was actually we didn't get to it, but I was doing some some research on Panoptes in Greek mythology. Oh yeah, and yeah. Argus Panoptes um, actually is my new hero. He hath slain the Sathonic serpent legged monster Echidna. <laughs> As she slept in her cave. Thank you, Panoptes, for securing a brighter future for our, all of our children. This is why you have a Back to you, sign snake as your emblem in the new poster, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I, sh- I, I shall slay him or what, her. What, what we need to do is we need to put a Panoptes eye behind the snake. The Yes. The yeah. Snake. There yes. we go. It's actually really check it out. It's really interesting because really Panoptes cool. is the yeah. all seeing. Mm-hmm. So uh, check it out. <laughs> Good grief, beard, mm-hmm. beard. What about you? <sighs> well, uh, first off, I do want to just say <coughs> thank you for the. Uh, warm welcome back from my community because my first video that I posted in over a month uh, on my main channel and I will say my only channel before anybody <laughs> decides to say much else uh, I'm I'm 
it just just the warm welcome back was uh, was very nice to to have. I I, I being a go- gone for like over a month and a half, and then posting a video, I was like, oh, I also get like twenty views because I'm like completely out of the algorithm, and nobody's going to get noticed on this at all. But it was uh, it was just nice to to see familiar faces again, uh, and you you really I don't think you guys know how much it is or how awesome it is to just see all of you now and again, uh, and I I hope that I can start to devote more time to you again uh, because I felt awful that I haven't been able to uh, either for uh, personal stuff that's been going on or. Uh, just my brain being my brain or otherwise, but I simply just have to say thank you for for being you guys and just supporting me wherever you can, uh, because I, as as much as I would probably still do this even if I had 20 viewers, uh, it's it's still just a, a nice little ego boost on my end, for especially for me where I have no self-esteem to begin with, so thank you very much for that. And he's not I, he's not lying. Like getting him to accept a compliment is yeah, like getting Justin to hug a snake. <laughs> like try it, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I uh, not gonna happen. No, <laughs> no, I uh, I might. We we might have to try that next time. I'll be like, yo, the fangs are out of this one. Is that okay, Justin? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Just bring a stuck one. Mm-hmm. It's a noodle. No. That might that might fix the fat noodles get stuck in corners. <laughs> nope, rope. Nope. nope. <laughs> oh God, the nope. Uh, my uh, my second shout out though has to go to Bungie, mm-hmm. and I know that I brought them up a couple times, and I know some people have called me a Bungie shell for doing it. Uh, but you know what? I don't care. I'm going to call out good Chill things away. when I see them happen. Uh, Bungie has done a fantastic thing twice over this week. The first comes from our very good friend. Mylan Games, mm-hmm. who actually was able to finally reveal what the project he was working on was, and it is, oh, it is, it's glorious. So Thank you, while I while I have my own handwritten stuff over here personally, uh, and it's not the grimoire, it's thoughts on the grimoire. You guys are going to finally be able to uh, buy direct from Bungie, and then later on through other means. Uh, the grimoire in and of itself. That's not the whole of it right away. It's volume one, but it's stuff that uh, all kind of like ties itself into uh, a story format. So for us, we're extremely excited about it because it's going to be able to show what connective pieces and what organizational pieces for the grimoire uh, Bungie will find canonically. It also showcases uh, different stories and means that we may not have thought of beforehand or maybe different clarifications that need to be written in. Uh, It will also have art on the inside, and we may be able to see things that we don't know about previously. Uh, So all of these things are are going to start, like, popping up, and where you would... uh, And I have to just highlight the cost, not, again, to, to say that I'm just saying go buy the thing or that this is not a plug for Bungie, but they're only charging $25 for the thing. And it's 128 pages. I can think of art books that I have spent $50 on that have less than that. So, if you are looking for anything that is going to kind of like shipping costs and so on aside, of course, but 
if you're if you've been looking for a handwritten grimoire, if you've been looking for the grimoire personalized or officialized by Bungie, it's finally on its way. The second thing that Bungie did this week, uh, or really from from even last week, and it was still kind of unfolding for us because we didn't know the full details, the Whisper of the Worm quest. The live team did a absolute bang up job with that quest, so much so that it has opened up another 30 pages worth of speculation and thought within one of my journals. It is that important to the way that all of this is being uh, viewed and how either Warmind or or Zol or how the Hive, how they're currently being put together uh, and all the implications that exist later on, that it is insane how one mission was able to do this. So when one mission is executed well enough, when one lore entry is executed well enough, all of a sudden it opens up all these different doors and you have to take them all in uh, some fashion or some form to add to the theories and ideas and speculations that we have so far. Uh, to see old names pop up, uh, to see uh, to see an older weapon crop up again, uh, to see other warlock names pop up again, <clears throat> Olentan, uh, is so important to the way that this story is uh, kind of developing and so on. So again, to the live team at Bungie, you did a great job with the Whisper of the Worm quest, minus the fact that your uh, randomization on public events is total crap. It's we'll, fixed. It's more we'll, fixed we'll look this past time. That. Yeah, I, I heard they uh, they found they found a way to fix it up for for this event, which is good. And it comes mm-hmm. back every week, which is actually more than what uh, the old Black Spindle was about mm-hmm. too, because the old Spindle we had to wait like. I think um, it was almost a month, if not yeah. more. Three well, because it was, it was determined on the... It was the daily, heroic. The, the heroic, heroic day. Yeah. 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 So they're, which I miss that. Those. They're coming back. They're, yeah. they're coming back, which is great. Uh, but yeah, I I absolutely love Whisper of the Worms. Uh, the, the lore behind it. I love the quest behind it. Uh, the challenge feels right. It feels like it's there. Uh, and I'm I'm so happy to start to see this game like be put into the hands of the people that quite frankly care about it and want to see it develop right because it's been absolutely amazing the last few months with how the direction has shifted so quickly so definitely good on the live team for what they've been doing over there thank you guys green what about you my shout out's actually going to be a little bit more cheesy it's actually going to be to all of you guys the listeners and it's something that kind of re it hits me every time I talk to somebody on Twitter about things for the show or just meeting people at guardian con and stuff like that. It's a really good reminder every once in a while to be like, Hey, you guys are what makes the show work. That's the end all be all like we, we will sit here and talk about it, but it's you guys who really make the show a lot more fun for us. Uh, getting your comments and feedback and um, reviews it's amazing and the show has grown a lot more than i than even i realized as far as our discord's grown quite a bit and it's because you guys are sharing and it's going to sound really cheesy you guys are sharing the good news of the focus fire chat and we love you guys we love being here for you guys and love sharing what we are passionate about 
And so thank you to all of you guys, the listeners, for being here week after week, listening to us, sharing us with your random clan mate or fire team friend who is just like, oh, I'm so bored with the game right now, but I want to get still be involved somehow, but I don't have time to play. You guys who are sharing them, that's amazing, and that helps us grow, and it helps people learn about the lore. So Bungie does put out a grimoire anthology with the help of one of the lore creators it it makes us be heard and it makes us feel good and it you guys are i just want to give everybody a hug i was talking about this the other day with one of my coworkers. just like i have never been to a convention where i've seen so many people hugging mm-hmm. and especially lore people every lore person was like super huggy and i am not a huggy person you can ask my wife. I am not a huggy person, but That's I... That's a lie. She no, totally, it's she totally, true. She hugs us all the time. I'm a hugger. Right, Justin, Justin is a hugger, so fair warning. I'm a super hugger. Bring it in. I would hug you through the mic, but that would sound awkward with awkwardness. Never, never, um, anyways, carry on. But yes, thank you listeners and thank you for the people who are jumping into chat and talking about things and new friends and old friends and bringing up new ideas um i love it when somebody brings me like the spin foil i may not be able to respond all the time right away but it definitely is something that i try to like forward on to beard or blue mm-hmm. if i need to Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. All the time. And it gets them going. And it, then we have these long conversations off to the side. And While I'm in the, the middle show. of writing a script. And then all of a sudden hey. I'm like, oh, my God, what do you mean? Forward then, onto Beard sounds like a Halo show. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> writing that one down, too. <laughs> we need to do another Halo episode. Uh, are you giving him more material for introductions? <laughs> I- to be fair, I don't need much help. Gamma Traps do it in a lot of my work for me. Uh, apparently. <laughs> Sorry, Green. No, you're okay. Blue, what about you for your shout-outs? Um, well, real I, I, quick, too, just to, yeah, go to for it. coattail off of that, like, you guys legitimately do, at, and I'll just ride the cheesy coattail here, mm-hmm. uh, you legitimately do make dreams come true, because for, and I might as well also be a Disney reference, um, the the ideas of like Matt being able to go to Bungie and be able to uh or at least or like consult for them and do stuff with them. Uh that has been something he's gone on record and said, like, I want I've wanted to do this for a long time. Mm-hmm. So any time that you guys want to like we we say it so often, like yes, if you can share, if you if you uh you know, show us to your friends, whatever. Uh, those kind of things do kind of help us get into a a space of like, well, these people are very knowledgeable in what they do and so on. And we, you know, maybe can be looked at by other people just as much. And we get into different things and it opens up different possibilities for us. You know, for for me, it was making the channel, starting the channel. And now all of a sudden, here I am on a podcast. And otherwise, here I am on different podcasts. And trying to like stream with people besides or being invited to do these different things that I never would have expected to even be like in invited to at all or or being considered a, a special guest for a, a convention uh, mm-hmm. one way or another in that realm like 
those are the things that you guys seriously open up the doors to say we i you trust me enough with the information that i give and it's it's a flattering experience as much as it is a humbling one because i never want to screw up for you and i i certainly always want to get back to you where i can so again thank you very much for for all that you do for me and continue to do thank you for what you could continue to do for this podcast and this community uh, and anything that you do for for that uh, that intersection, regardless, is important. Whether you think it is or not, it's important. Yeah, pretty much what everyone just said. Uh, those are my <laughs> shout outs. Um, and it, it's yeah. And, and if you guys again, if you guys haven't had a chance, and, and I, I'll, I'll you know, fair warning, Game Informer is doing a you know pretty much a month full of spoilers so if you're not if you're yeah. not one of those people who who like spoilers don't don't go don't go look at this but they're doing a really bang up job in my mind on the coverage of what's coming with forsaken um i'm i'm really excited i've been really excited to see kind of their their different takes of you know how how things are changing what things are coming and they and they and they're not really um they're not uh they're not approaching it with rose glasses like they're they're no. being pretty they're pretty they're being pretty honest about what their thoughts are um i don't agree with some of their thoughts which is why i'm saying that um but i i, I like i like the the picture that they're painting they are having a number of they just released a interview with uh steve cotton and scott taylor and it's an excellent excellent interview um and there's there's a couple points in it that are not not that are non spoilery, uh, but needless to say, I I'm really excited to see even from just the storytelling perspective where where the Destiny universe is headed. It looks yeah. it it feels like it's headed in a good direction. I'm really excited to see where that where that where the next destination takes us. Um, so the, the Destiny subreddit uh, is positive. Even, yeah. <gasps> even tweeted that out and saying that they've gotten more communication from Bungie in the last few months than they've had pretty much the entire time the game has been out and it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, the so. the live team, like I said, they're they're doing incredible things and it's the it's the team I was looking forward to being invested once they got on board with uh like after after the turn of the year and I wanted to see what they were going to be able to do as time went by like Chris Barrett being involved in that and then having Scott Taylor, Steve Cotton on board now. Plus just seeing, you know, all the other ones with um with with Lars Bakken and all of them on there too. Like Right, right. They are all such passionate and uh and, and amazing people that I don't think uh that gets talked about enough is like what it is that they are what it is that they're doing is is awesome to reconnect with everybody again. Definitely big, and I I love all the stuff that's coming out of that Game Informer stuff. That's uh, it, it paints a different picture, I guess, from the the bungee that's uh, being uh, presented to us by certain people on the internet. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's it's all a matter of perspective as well. So, um, but yeah, so we're gonna run through a few uh, uh, an outro real quick, and we'll probably stay for a little bit of an after show, as is pretty customary.
With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to our episode archives can be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing partner podcasts within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. <laughs>